Hello and welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast. I'm Kathy Love. I started life as an OT, had a, an amazing, crazy private practice which I sold. And what I do now is help allied health business owners create a business that serves them, the time, the money, the joy that they absolutely deserve. And this is where my idea for the podcast started. What I want to do is to capture how hard allied health business owners in Australia work to achieve their dreams, to support their teams, to create amazing outcomes for their clients. So sit back, beverage of choice, drive safely, walk carefully, however you're listening in, and I hope you absolutely enjoy It's always good when you start a podcast laughing your head off. It was just a minor miracle that we hit record. <laughs> Karina Follett is my guest today. She's still laughing. Welcome, Karina. Thank you, Gabby. <laughs> right, we've got to be serious now. We've got to, be, we've got to make sense. Karina is the uh, founding director of Pro Assist up on the beautiful Gold Coast that, as we were saying uh, just a minute ago, is now totally crowded with, um, with Victorians on a permanent really? basis now. Yes. <laughs> it's nice having all the extra friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope they're being friendly. Um, tell us about Pro Assist. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't caught up personally for ages. It's been so I want to hear what you're up to. Yeah. I think that was your conference in Sydney a couple of years ago now. Gosh. Yeah. Four years? Flashback, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, you know, like, a lot of people, we have um, had a fun time during COVID. Um, so we were established in 2016 doing virtual administration for the allied health industry. Um, and it's been fantastic. Love working in the space and particularly, you know, with the NDIS rolling out and the things, there's been lots to learn. Um, we've kind of settled into specialising in um working with clients that use Power Diary and kind of optimising Power Diary for them and their practice processes. Um, but we oh, like- didn't know that. Uh, yes. Flirting we- with Power Diary nowadays. That makes sense from what I've seen online. Yes. Um, the operations manual, that's the new module that was courtesy of um, myself and a few other content writers. That was an mm-hmm. awesome project to work on. And, uh, yeah, they're, They've got um, the the PowerBot Diary platform is um, it's always changing and um, I'm, yeah pretty excited for where that's going. So um, yeah, beautiful. So what about your lovely team? Mm, my team. So I've got a lovely team of six now, and they all are around the Gold Coast and. Um, it's taken quite a long time to actually curate the team and find um, the sweet spot. But my team are all incredible mothers that um, juggle life and work. And um, I guess that's one of the purposes and main goals of Pro Assist is that um, these women don't have to feel guilty about feeling sick or attending their kids' award ceremonies or mm-hmm. events, you know, they can work and um you know kick ass and still be an awesome mum as well and use flexibility meaningful flexibility not just a yeah a tick box on a 
on a on a pitch. Absolutely. Mm. And it's the same for our clients as well, you know, they're the they're mums and, and dads mm. as well. So, you know, stopping them from doing admin at night after they're finished. It's it's all about that flexibility and time with family yeah. for us. Run us through some of the admin tasks that you do or that you you prize off busy business owners. Yeah. So I guess the the main one that we do is um, reception. So people are transferring their calls to us. We're answering them, managing the diary, um, that customer service side of things, so emails, doing client intake and triage. Um, we've got the NDIS space, so managing service agreements, tracking budgets, working in the, the pro-to-portal, invoicing, receding, chasing out those pesky non-payers uh, <laughs> um, and uh, just optimizing optimizing processes as we kind of go along. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes I uh, hear, probably often I hear, oh, look, it's just easy if I do it myself. Haven't got anyone to, haven't got time to train. I'm only just a little business how, you know, this is just part of it. Do you hear that? I, yeah, I'm sure you hear that stuff. I say that myself. So I totally, <laughs> I totally get it. Um, look, yeah, I need to confess. I spent about three quarters of an hour wrangling my calendar this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think everyone's guilty of it. Um, I know one thing that I've had to train myself in thinking is that's kind of a very right now thinking. And as a business owner, you do need to be thinking of the future and mm. growth and where your time is best spent. So it might feel too much to kind of sit down and tell somebody how you'd like things done. Um, but really, you know, that can really grow for you and be beneficial in the future. And, and do- there's a thought, there's a thought mm. that maybe there's other humans on the planet that are better at it than you. Oh. I have clients constantly say, oh, look, I think you'll need about 10 hours a week because I reckon I spend about 10 hours reading and and triaging my clients and then we get it done in like, we get their emails, their invoicing, (laughs) receiving, all done in like three hours a week. And they're like, wow, you know, so um, it's something that we do all day, every day for many, many businesses. And you probably document it and leave a legacy of half decent, very decent systems as you go. Yeah. So we have clients that come to us that have a very, you know, a very written down picture of what they want to happen. Mm. We have other people come to us. They don't have a practice management system. They don't know how things are done. We um, write all of that down for you as you go. And if you don't have anything or any preferences, we just, we make it up based on our best, Mm. you know, use practices. And um, we do Loom videos, we write it down. So um, you can literally um, have that resource there for you whenever you need it. On that uh, topic of business owners not having practice management software, <laughs> you and I um, have a mutual friend and colleague, Jenny Pitha, mm. and Jen and I were podcasting away a couple of months ago and I, um, I, we, we both explained how on earth can you run a business without practice management software and I kid you not, in the next week, I spoke to three business owners who did not have practice management software. And every time I had this conversation, I said, Jen, I, sh- I just sent her a message. I said, I shouldn't have said anything. I shouldn't have said anything. I was totally spooked. 
um, by uh, by three. So, what do you perceive to be the benefits of having oh. proper software to do Gee. all of the things? Look, I um, I have a neurodivergent brain, so I need to keep things in one place. And I think a practice management mm. system does that for you. It it has your diary, um, you can communicate from it, you can do your invoicing from it. It's just all in one place. So, um, you know, you don't have to, and, and in some ways it can also create boundaries for you, which is a big one. That's mm. something that some people don't think about as well. You know, if you have the system that's automatically sending out SMSs for you, you know, your clients aren't, in, you know, going to write back to your personal mobile at midnight asking for a consult which happens <laughs> um so i definitely practice management systems make you more organized for sure yeah yeah big one for me is the privacy of all that client data oh my gosh i uh yeah get a little nervy when i hear that that stuff is in on c drives or usbs or you even have to be careful when you're not using allied health, like medical or allied health software, you mm. know, because I think there's um, Workflow Max is a really popular one. It's not protected. The servers aren't in Australia. No, it's non-compliant. Yeah. It's non-compliant. So you really, while these, I wish Australian practice management, my message to Australian practice management software is, like have a look at these other softwares that have like lead generation in it and yeah. like better workflow and better project workflow. management. Yeah. Cause these systems and I get it because they've got so much confidential information in them, um, but they are islands at the moment. So you think they'll change? Look, I hope so. And mm-hmm. I, I am seeing movement, um, in, in the big ones, like, and a lot of those softwares that were typically desktop software, um, they're moving online and they're starting to get a bit more progressive now. So I think there's movement. Um, I, I truly hope so. Yeah. 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 So who are your wonderful clients? So we specialise in the allied health field. Um, at the moment, we are trending, I guess, with the... <laughs> There's a word. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I saw the air quotes. Yeah. That's too funny. It, it, comes in, it comes in ways, but mainly uh, we work with occupational therapists, psychologists, dietitians, physios, um, speech pathologists. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're kind of our main ones. We have um, some um, chiropractors that are that are coming on as well so yeah pretty much anything in the allied health mm. field mm. Yeah. and are these guys running small medium large all of the above kind of businesses we have anything from solo people uh, solos up to you know teams of 10 15 mm. um we're finding when we get to the larger stage you can still work with a va but communication needs to be on point and you need to mm. maybe they can't look after every aspect of your business you yeah i want to just have invoicing or emails or something um but yeah definitely working with a va you can be kind of of any stage mm. um and it's you know for a soloist you know it's quite affordable as well. Yeah, I think it's really important for the solopreneurs. Um, I get asked, you know, can you help me um, recruit 
uh, therapists. And I say, yeah, I can. However, do you want to be doing double the admin? And so sometimes people think that they need to recruit a therapist first to help pay for the admin, but, oh, I don't know, I tend to challenge that a bit. I think if you're thinking of growing, you need, like all things, you need to have your system set up first. You Mm. need to. Or started at least because you're never done with them. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and having that structure in place and admin support is a huge bonus when you, you know, therapists are in are hard to come by these days. So if you are offering someone to have yep. admin support in your team, that's a real big bonus um, yep. and, and an employment perk. So let alone the time that the business owner can reclaim for doing the recruitment and the onboarding and getting a bit excited again about growing the business and the direction of it all. Absolutely. And then you have you have that employee now that you actually want to put some time into Mm. professional development and your supervision and, you know, developing them as well. So things like sending invoices and emails, you know, really doesn't need to be on your to-do list. Yeah, yeah. Best it's not. Best it's not. And boundaries, right? Like Mm. it's so uh, going from a solo, you you really want to be hands-on and on the front line of things, but that leads to burnout town if you're not careful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you find yourself doing your invoicing in the dark, yeah. um, or on a Sunday before the kids wake up, or not doing it, and then or not doing going, it, I oh, can't yeah, afford. Right. Like, yeah, and you've got tens of thousands of dollars outstanding. It's mm. more common than you. I have. I've had a few people come to me, and they've not invoiced for like three, six months. Oh my gosh! And you you know play big catch up so we well, yeah. just got to hope that the money is still sitting out there in some of those funding schemes yep, yep. absolutely so that's kind of the other side of it mm. speaking of funding schemes mm. ndis <laughs> so when are we recording this it's the end of june yes and there's no price guide is there going to be one? I don't know. I have, like, my phone is just pinging every day. What have you heard? What have you heard? I'm going, just the sound of silence is what I've heard. I have had similar. I've even had people that have been, I'm not going to mention names because they might no. get caught out, but people that have are still registered in the portal able to claim they haven't had certification or verification audits yet they're so far behind that they're just kind of going yeah just keep going until we get to you and it's years this is there's a lot of um disorganization in at the moment oh yeah yeah so unregistered providers still accessing the portal yeah yeah. I think we better move on quite quickly. Let's move on. <laughs> if you were boss of the NDIS, mm. and I'm just saying that job's just been taken. Well, no, the CEO job is available. Mm, okay. Okay. Something yeah. to think about. Something to think about. What? I think you might be better at that, Kathy, but. <laughs> no, I, no, no, I, I, no, I'm not. I'm unemployable. You probably are a bit unemployable I as well. I am very unemployable. <laughs> I've been a nightmare employee pretty much my whole life, so I don't want to go into a place like that and cause drama. If you if if you were coming in as the next CEO, what would you like to see changed? I think the entry requirements into the NDIS are 
ridiculous Mm. and there doesn't seem to be consistency in what's allowed and what's not allowed and, you know, it really depends on your planner, for example, of how. Plus the cost of getting all the documentation done. Yeah. For something that is, you know, you know, gives you essentially free services, it is not free to get in. And, and mm. I guess you are dealing, you are working with people that don't have a lot of funding to um, to get that support. So that's disappointing. I also find it quite complicated mm. um, to navigate. We, we speak to people all the time that have just got plans. You kind of get a plan and you, you don't know how to use it. Um, yeah. And then because you've got, uh, I guess, you, you have all these providers but they're kind of overwhelmed with the demand that the NDIS is kind of bringing. So I think definitely support for, I would bring about more support for the providers because there is not a lot out there for them. Yeah. Every time yeah. you go to the NDIS, you get a different answer. So mm. the, it's... um. It's quite a confusing scheme and I'm going to say it's very admin heavy. I I am pretty much in a job because of the NDIS, which mm. is a good and a bad thing, you know. Yep. yep. Cutting the red tape out, making things a bit more fair. And a bit more transparent and a bit more timely, like yeah. sitting here on the 21st of June wondering how many versions of your budget you're going to need, participants sitting there thinking what are our services going to look like for the next year or so. Absolutely. And this weird cutoff with early childhood intervention at seven, like what's that all about? You yeah. <laughs> Then you've got to prove that you've got a disability at age yeah. seven. You haven't grown out of it. Damn. Damn. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's, you know, there's quite a bit of work mm. to be done there. Yeah. Maybe we could job share. Maybe. No, no, that's not going to I'm not up to it. No, (laughs) no, no. I'm going to leave it to someone who's more diplomatic than me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Imagine imagine our probation reports at that six-month mark. My probation reports have never been good, so I can't imagine (laughs) improvement. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness me. So let's talk a little bit, because I didn't know that you were president of the um, Power Diary fan club. Why have you? Why have you landed there? Well, I I really like the 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 Power Diary platform, and I think that they are very open to to change um, and, and improvement in themselves. The platform itself, you it, it's very adaptable to the type of practice that you're mm-hmm. in, and it's incredibly scalable. Like if you have you know, big teams of people, Power Diary works really well for, for those larger teams of um, people as well. Um, I've tried, uh, you know. Yeah, I've, I know you've tried. I've, you've I've, looked under the hood of all of them. Yeah, yeah, I have. I've um, I've taken them all for a spin and we, we work with all of the. Yeah, yeah, it's not as though you just. Ones. Yep, yep. Um, but, yeah, I'm just the the features that it offers and how how quick it is to set up and for some you know for a clinician or even administrator that's not incredibly tech savvy you can you know get up and running with power diary pretty quickly and yeah what have they done uh 
I haven't spoken to Damien for ages. I'm just mentally clicking through. Um, I should catch up with him. What have they done with the reporting features? So to be able to get a report about a clinician's performance or the business performance, what does that look like? Just really super quick. Yeah, so they do have um, a number of reporting features. I think with all the practice management systems, sometimes it's better to just export your data into Excel and manipulate it that way. Which is so frustrating. So frustrating. Um, What's the key to reporting in Powder is is using your custom fields and making sure that your your, um, client profiles are set up properly. So you can segment your clients properly and actually have the reports mean something to you because we yeah. have that. It's kind of it's got hard. no data. It doesn't know where the data is. It's got yeah. to pull from somewhere. Yeah. So um, yeah, they've got um, a whole heap of yeah financial reports now that you can run on your performance of even. Fantastic. Yeah. I don't think they were there last time I took a bit of a look. No. Yeah, they've made quite a few changes. And you can even find out um, attendance to st- statistics um, for, for patients. So you mm. can, you know, if you want to say, you know, anything below 50% attendance, you're out kind of thing. Like there's. Yep. You know, wow. Yeah. And they got funding reports now. So um, they use session packs to track their funding. So if you're using it for NDIS or Medicare, for mm. example, they've got reports mm. based on that. Running a business isn't just about setting up shop and becoming complacent. It's about showing up for ourselves and our clients with a commitment to continuous improvement. We have to be honest with ourselves about where we're at and where we're going. That means identifying strengths and weaknesses so we can improve. After all, if we're remaining stagnant, how can we scale and build the business and life of our dreams? That's where the NACAR Consulting Allied Health Biz Quiz comes in. We're not talking horoscopes and pulse hope here. This questionnaire is the perfect starting point for you to begin identifying your strengths, needs, and blind spots as an allied health business owner. The process is simple. Answer the 14 questions and we'll send you a personalized report that includes actionable steps for you to start taking your business to the next level. Ready to take your business into your own hands? Take the NACAR Consulting Allied Health Biz Quiz today. From um, what I've kind of gathered that uh, that early part of 2020, uh, there was a fair bit of development work done across all of the platforms to mm. kind of get it ship shape for working in a, in a remote work from home environment, upping their online forms game, um, yeah. uh, integration with kind of video conferencing partners and so on and so forth. So um, I guess that was some of the good stuff that came out of the pandemic as well, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, yeah, even having like payment processes integrated, um, online bookings, yeah, that's, it has been really good to see that change. Mm. Um, a few things still on my wish list across the board, but. Um, well, what? Tell us, share your wish list. Well, what I would really love, and when we're talking about, you know, platforms outside, like for my business, I use Dubsado. So basically someone can fill in a contact form on my website. It puts them into my pending client Mm. list. I would love something like that in the practice management system where people can, you know, fill in that contact form. It, it, It doesn't put them in their client list. They're not a current client, but they're a lead to be followed up. You know, I think all admin would just love that kind of mm. little section that just has your clients on there. Um, and 
I think there's some more development with kind of those online forms. One of the biggest things with admin is you're always doing data entry. So if you have those online forms that are kind of populating profiles more fully, yeah, that yeah. would be um, fantastic. Um, yeah. I think also um, we sort of touched on it a bit uh, earlier, but sort of better tracking, better client tracking um, and potentially also some task workflows, things like that. Some are stepping towards that a little bit better. Um, and, you know, like you said before, that those larger teams need to get their communication on point and just where does good communication happen across a larger, well, a team of any size, but certainly you've got more humans doing more communicating with a larger team. But um, I think that's that would be helpful as well. Yeah, having some kind of, you know, your practice management system really should be a world and having separate spreadsheets to manage wait lists. Oh, I know, the wait list stuff. Uh, it's, it's such a big thing. Like that's, you know. Yeah. That's, yeah, huge. And there's not just existing clients waiting for appointments. It's all those new inquiries. And that's really important because when you are trying to grow your business, you, you want to know mm. who's coming in and stuff. Yep. So, yeah. And to nurture them and stay in touch and know what they need and understand what they can, you know, drop everything and kind of come in for a, a Tuesday afternoon session or whatever. Absolutely. Like, you know, your um, – your masterclass on waitlist management a few months ago, like wouldn't it be so cool if the practice management system, you could just load in that <laughs> series and have it just all nurtured and when you're ready to go, you just tick the box and they get made a client. Oh, wouldn't that be a dream? Happy days. Happy, Happy days. days. <laughs> Happy days. I think, uh, not I think I, I, I get a little bit surprised with how uh, little attention businesses waitlists get. And there can sort of be a badge of honour of we've got 100 or we've got 200 or we've got 1,000 or we've got 40, whatever's your meaningful number. And there's just an assumption that they will stay there and that those waitlisters, because they're humans, which is why I call them waitlisters, because they're humans, that they're just going to be there. And then people get the shock of their life that that waitlist of 100 is actually only 28 clients who actually can step in and you know, start with the new recruit that they've just employed and 28 clients for a new recruit probably isn't enough for a full-timer. Yeah. What are your thoughts on waitlisting and what should be happening on that front? The number of times I've been tasked to follow up such a waitlist. Yeah, I was Come thinking back that. and go, we've got... Not there. <laughs> sorry. It, you know, you can see the dread come into the <sighs> practitioner's eyes. They're like, but I've just hired somebody. I've just got two people coming on. Oh, you've seen it too. Yeah. So, um, look, my advice is to keep your wait list, like, small and, and follow up with them regularly, whether that's admin kind of calling or emailing yeah. every, every month or um, putting them into a, an education series, like, kind of um, to keep them engaged with you. Um, you have to do something because they, they aren't going to wait around or they are, you know, sometimes you've got to seize the day depending on the modality that you're in as well. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah, you definitely, wait lists are something that you should keep small and monitor often. Yep. And don't yep. put people on the wait list that have just 
emailed you through, you know, going, oh, I think I want an OT appointment. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'll put you on the wait list, but you have no idea what they want or. Yep. Yep. You got to profile and understand them. You have to actually triage them like they're a new client before you put them on. Yeah. 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 It's um, a really underplayed part of business. And um, I was talking with someone a few weeks ago and we were trying to predict clearly we didn't have too much detail around this, about when this whole NDIS piece is going to, I'll use the word plateau, but that's not quite the word I'm looking for, but when there's just going to be some stability and that when there's going to be more flow with people coming in and participating in services and then leaving for whatever reason or aged care or flowing on um, uh, afterwards. And at the moment, you know, so many businesses have got wait lists, but what, do you think that will always be the case? It's an interesting one. I think that, that we're, we're finding that wait lists in the ECI, ECI space is that they're massive and people aren't using their funding because they simply can't get can't access. Can't get services, yeah. Service. So unless they do something with that, you must have a diagnosis to enter the NDIS. I think, you know, people will, I guess, not you know, go as far in their NDIS journey. Mm. Um, with, the, with the clients over that kind of seven, I definitely think that there is going to be a time in the NDIS. I, I can already see trends now where people are kind of coming back going, oh, my planner said that that's not going to be covered. I, I can see actually like mm. they're starting to really stamp down on the things that they don't want funded. So I can see maybe in the future what the NDIS offers will be a smaller offering to what they've got mm, now. Could so be. Could maybe. be. Yeah, could be. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, absolutely. So, um, yes, thank you for your thoughts on on the wait list. Um, we're doing a training with our clients in August about this. Mm. So um, I don't think we're doing a general masterclass on it uh, because we've done it the last couple of years. We might do it next year, but certainly for our clients, we're coaching all the time about how to nurture and show up for your wait list and be helpful and friendly. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I think when you start collating a wait list, you you can often get into a place of overwhelm, like, oh, my gosh, mm. I've got all these people wanting my services. Then you've got the heart side that's like, I'm not seeing these people. Oh, my gosh, I feel so bad. So if you can kind of have something where you are nurturing them outside of your, you know, the clinical side of your business, then um, it can be really helpful for everybody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh so back to the work that you do, because weight managing waitlist is one piece of one piece of that. Where what are the biggest problems that you guys solve for business owners? I know giving people time back in the day yeah. is cliche. It's so cliche, but it is. We'll go there. Yeah, we'll go there. Um, like I said at the beginning, time with family and friends is one of the mm. biggest reasons that I am self-employed. Um, and I see people come to me and they're, they're burnt out and I've been in that place. And I I see people come to me, they, 
they're working, they're sending emails at 3 a.m., they're their debitors are like sky high they've got no cash flow or it's inconsistent Mm. um they've got inquiries sitting in their inbox that they haven't you know dared to open because they're too scared or don't have enough time you know like it's just completely overwhelmed so um that's kind of one of the biggest things we we give people that time back we streamline Mm. Um, if you're thinking of growing, we, you know, help you document and, and structure your processes so you can mm. grow um, with confidence. And skills. And yep. skills, yeah. Yep. Giving, we even, you know, the, the clinicians that are interested, we do train them on how to do their admin tasks themselves mm. if they don't want to hand everything over because mm. um, some like, you know, we're pretty efficient and we've got our own little tips and tricks that we've picked up along the way to make mm. things a bit quicker. Yeah. How long does it typically take for you to kind of onboard a new allied health business owner client and calm the farm and start to get it all organised? Look, we, from we kind of start seeing by the end of the first month, there's already a reduction mm. of, of stress. Um, often they will come to us with a problem like, oh, my God, I'm so overwhelmed. I have five days in my diary. I only want to work three, for example. So we can actually see quite, a, you know, a big stress reduction when we kind of come in with that big problem. Um we're finding kind of in the month two when the communication's all set out and everyone's on the same page mm. about how things are done. It's kind of when we really get into our um, into our element. But if you have, you know, if you're diverting your phones and you're used to coming out of your sessions and there's like five missed calls, or, you know, that's immediate kind of relief for you. So <laughs> They've all gone somebody else, somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, they've all gone somewhere else. So at least you can, you know, know that right away someone's actually nurturing and we get compliments on our reception team con- constantly um, about how how lovely they are. So I thought that you had um, slowed down that reception and phone stuff. I did. You did. I did. I did. Look, it was getting to a point in the pandemic where everyone was like, we just, we need, you know, our admin is is gone, you know, we, we need this. And we were saying no for a really long time, up until September last year, actually. Ah, and so it's back on the menu. Yes, but this it's 2.0. Um, this time we are kind of hand selecting the clients that come onto reception mm. with us. Um, and we're keeping it small, we're keeping a small reception team, and so we can provide that real premium service. It's um, hard to find, um, elsewhere in the market, yeah. And particularly, you know, I got a call, I took a call for an occupational therapy client that we had the other day and this lady said to me, oh, I've called three other occupational therapists and you're the only one that could articulate to me how to use my own NDIS plan to access OT. And she's like, it's like I'm calling some overseas call centre when I call these places. Oh, wow. You know, and so she actually booked with my client because she was, impressed with the level of knowledge yeah. that the team had. So um, I think when you are choosing that 
virtual admin or that virtual mm-hmm. reception service, you know, having that knowledge and knowing who's actually going to be answering your calls, how many people are going to be answering your calls, what the turnover is like. That's all kind of important questions that you yeah. should be yeah. asking them. Yeah. So once a new client has been working with you, say, three months, what does it kind of look like then? We start to see kind of the real clinician coming out. <laughs> <laughs> A super cool, chilled, relaxed version. Yes, yeah, and it's really nice. It's really nice to like, you know, you might get a photo of them on, you know, the weekend with their family or something. You know, you can start to see that relax. They start talking about expanding. They start talking about um, making some uh, some different decisions about how their business is operating. Mm. Yeah. Um, and if they've been reluctant to kind of hand over things in the beginning, so say they might go, I only want you to answer my phones and then we'll see how it goes. We kind of by the three month mark, we're pretty much doing everything. Yeah. Yeah. Short of buying the birthday presents and wrapping yeah, them. Well, yeah, may that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So by that point, I guess there's trust. I, it's so much about trust, isn't it? It is. It's about trust and mo- and communication. Mm. Um, it's, it's, um, the, the biggest two things that I guess if I think of the clients that we've had over the time, um, has been the biggest contribution to success and failure. Yep. 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 And how long do your clients stay with you? I think the longest client that I've had is like from when I first really got into allied health. So they've been with me like five years. Wow. Um, and yeah, so technically, it, typically when they come to us, they're, I don't know, they're with us for a long time. Mm, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Part of the club. Yeah. We had um, a beautiful um, client with us last year. She just had epic growth and it no longer made sense to have us as Remote, part of her team. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the only reason people move on. But generally we can still have some kind of touch point in the business. Yeah. Um, in, when they get their own human locally. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I know plenty of businesses that have got that hybrid approach. They've got a real human at the clinic or a real human locally, but they have some um, virtual admin support doing certain tasks because it's just more efficient to have yeah. that um, that background piece happening, particularly if the real human is part-time. Yeah. And, you know, we're in, a, we're in a market at the moment where employees don't like to feel completely overwhelmed in their roles, you know. Mm. So you, having that one admin person kind of supporting that larger clinic um, can be a you know, not so tough great. Gig. Yeah, it can be tough really gig. tough. So having that off-site support to, to support, you know, the admin or the clinicians mm. is um, yep. beneficial. Yep. So do you do more work with the business owner or the practice manager? Because I know you're doing a lot of support with practice managers. Mm. What does it change a bit? We do, <laughs> depending on the client, mm. sometimes we're a set and forget kind of thing. We just keep things kind of humming in the background. Um, so a lot of our work is with the practice um, owner slash operator. Um, for our larger clients that do have admin, um, 
we do tend to interface with the admin um, mm. a little bit more um, in that communication front, yeah. the training front as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. If we think about that role of practice managers, mm. it's such an exciting career opportunity. And once again, the NDIS and some of the insurance schemes have just driven driven this career corridor for um, people who are sort of born to organise as yeah. such. Yeah. And I think allied health assistance is the other one, but practice yeah. managers, they're an entity of their own now. They are. And, you know, there's practice managers that's typically you think of practice managers in the medical field, you know, in those doctor's mm. surgeries, that's where practice managers are really popular at the moment. But there's the, I guess, the increase in allied health practices, mm. they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There, There is this new role of allied health practice manager that's, you know, a really important one. And there's not a lot of resources out there to help them, honestly, like, couldn't agree, couldn't agree more. We did um, a sizable amount of research, albeit a couple of years ago, a little wider since then, and we've offered programs in-house to our clients and brought in the practice managers and into mastermind mode and been able to train and, and support them. And um, they're such cool cats and they've got such an interesting, interesting, invaluable, invaluable role. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a, it is a very cool space to be in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. quite yeah. yeah, quite different to like medical, where a lot of these people do tend to come over from. Mm. But I've seen practice managers come in now in the last 12, 18 months from tourism, hospitality, out of the C-suite kind of environment, mm. um, mining. I often think of you, people coming out of um, some of those other sectors as well. So you don't have to recruit from the medical field no. and it could well be wise not to, but to also not be afraid of the phenomenal organisational operational talent that's coming out of other industries right now. I totally agree. I used to only recruit, you know, those medical receptionists and people in that allied health mm-hmm. space, but there is a lot of talent, you know, coming out of the money industry or those, those industries that are really into process and professional services, yep. professional services. Um, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity and talent in those areas. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, are you um, launching a practice admin kind of program? Yeah. So I guess when I kind of started out, like we were just saying, I didn't have a lot of support and there still isn't a lot of support or resources out there for um, people that are kind of new to the industry Mm. or they're completely lacking the confidence to actually step into the practice management or practice administration role. So we are launching a um, program um, called Practice with Confidence and it's a um, nine-week intensive admin training and it's um, in a group setting um, with myself and we cover all of the the basis of um, allied health administration Mm. Um, from tech to customer service to personal development to, you know, helping the, the practice owner with reporting and things like that. Um, we should have spoken earlier and done this together. 
Honestly, Kathy, it's Why didn't probably not too happen? late. Maybe we should do this together. Because <laughs> we're, um, yeah, same, same but different. Same but okay. different. Oh, there you go. Live on the podcast. Partnership's happening. I, I love it. Yeah, I'm always, I'm always in for a partnership, Kathy. <laughs> well, maybe we'll look at that. Um, later, yeah, in weeks to come, we might check back in because I couldn't agree more. And the supports that we discovered that are available for practice admin, office managers, practice managers are very, very medical, oh, very yeah. medical. Like there's an association. It's very, very medical. And my conversations with them, they kind of can't see that the market is there for allied health. And that's okay. You don't have to do all of the things. Um, But yeah, I think it's so important to support the career progression of these wonderful customer service people. Um, Absolutely. They're hard to attract. They're hard to to attain. And the, the training courses that you are out there, you know, your Diploma of Practice Management, your Cert for in Health Administration, mm. if you look at the actual modules, if you They're actually light. rock up to day one of your job, you're not going to know how to do it. So yeah. a, apart from, you know, infection control and, and things like that. So that's what the idea of this, this, this program is, is practical, hands-on support to, you know, really yep. launch you forward. Yeah. Yeah. And look, they're act- they seem to be easier to recruit at the moment than clinicians. Mm, oh, let's true. not even go there. <laughs> but they do need different, um, well, similar but um, slightly different onboarding. And they and these wonderful customer service um, team need different training and different career progression opportunities as well. They do. I know. You know, I've been training staff for my business for six years now. And I have done it the really quick and dirty way where I'm like, here's a week's worth of training and you get on and do it. Good now. luck. Yeah. And that happens a lot. I, I see, yeah. you know, as clinicians. Here's the like, manual. Here's, here's two weeks of training. Here's the manual. Off you go. And mm. you're answering phones on day one. So there's that. Um, but if you're looking for someone to really step up, be your, your right-hand person to to have the practice ethos at their heart uh, you do need to invest time in into training them yeah very very cool I'm so glad we finally got to catch up yeah it's been great Kathy yeah I'm uh, absolutely thrilled to bits to hear that uh, you guys are going strong and solving problems and being awesome yeah. Yes, we're we're definitely trying. It's been, I think, one of the challenges of every business is rapid growth. Uh, mm. Maybe you should, can you do a masterclass on rapid growth for me, Kathy? Let me just get the pen. I'll go and have it. <laughs> Keep talking. I can I can do, and I probably should do. Let me just. I literally have a board here. Rapid growth. Okay, writing it now. Yeah. What would you like in that one, Karina? Oh gosh, like all right, it's one, on the list. Yeah, the one, two, threes of how to respond, you know, quickly with quality. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, um, yeah. It's, Do you know what? Mm. It's about your systems. <laughs> it, is, it is all about your systems and being realistic about what you can, what you can do as well. So, yeah. 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 Oh, well done you. Well done you. Well, thank you coming thank in you. and giving us a bit of a, bit of an up, update and uh, it would be really good to have you uh, back sooner rather than later. It's been years. It has been too long. <laughs> Thank you. Lovely. Thanks, Kathy. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. For the show notes and other resources, our webinar replays, they're all available over on naker.com.au. And if you're loving what you're listening to, please subscribe. We don't want you to miss out on a single thing. And if you want others to get the same benefit that you've had from listening into these episodes, please share this episode and any of the others forward to any of your other allied health business colleagues. And we are totally here for you. Don't forget for a moment that you can jump on in and book that power call and uh, we can see how we can help you get the best of business done. Looking forward to seeing you there.